deserves praise. No one deserves adoration except him. Amen. Praise God. When we worship him, we stir the nest of heaven. And the fragrance of the Lord now begins to flow in our direction. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this unequaled privilege that we have to be called your sons and your daughters. Unequaled privilege that we have to appear before you with all boldness and confidence because we know who you have turned us into. Thank you for this meeting of the saints. And thank you for your presence here. And thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. The flow of the spirit of life from the altars to the pews. Thank you. Thank you for your word that always has been and ever shall be. In the name of Jesus. We thank you because when we stand before you, we become full of glory. And we go forth today with that same glory. Wherever we step, we shall be announced. In the name of Jesus. Father, we love you so much. You are faithful. Glory to God. Receive the choir as they go to sit down. Tell somebody, take your place. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Now tell the person again, take your place. And he will respond. Until you take your place before the Lord, he does not respond. There are things you are looking for and he's been watching you to take your place. Go take your place. Amen. Know who you are and take your place. Then you compel him to respond to you. Glory to God. He is worthy of praise. Now you see, you are, you are very precious to God. So precious that he had to send his only precious son. He come and sow the seed for your preciousness. Amen. Some of the words I use, if they are not in your dictionary, just add them. Amen. Because the English language is growing and we are trying to feed it to grow. Amen. 
Um, Pastor Annie, thank you very much for that ministration. The Lord bless you. That was good. And I'm told that um, the scripture we shared from Songs of uh, Solomon uh, chapter 4 and verse 16 is what the choir came to sing. Amazing. God is good. Take your place and he will respond. That is the message for this morning. Take what? Your place. Adam left his place. And God began to look for him. Let not God look for you. Let him find you where he has placed you. For the moment you leave your place, someone else comes to sit on it. And the aroma that comes from that person is pungent. It doesn't attract God's divine mercies and divine workings. So, take your place. He's always looking out for you to take your place so that he will do what he intends to do for you. May the Lord's grace abound unto your life. And may his glory go before you. And wherever you step, it shall be known because God has gone ahead of you. And people shall stand and salute you. They will give you the honor that is due you. In the name of Jesus. Put your hands together unto Jesus Christ. not stopping until I see the last person do it. Let it be unto Jesus. Let it be unto Jesus. Let it be unto Jesus. And shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Please sit down. And remain blessed. Amen. And amen. And amen. amen. Then may your awakening breath blow upon my life until I'm fully yours. Breathe upon me with your spirit wind. Stay up the sweet spice of your life within me. Spare nothing as you make me your fruitful garden. Hold nothing back until I release your fragrance. Come walk with me as you walk with Adam in your paradise garden. Now come taste the fruits of your life. Amen. Wonderful scripture. Wonderful scripture. That can only be fulfilled 
when it is preceded by a surrendered life. Amen. May your life continue to be the kind of garden that God himself has planted. And then you enjoy the everlasting flow of the north wind that will blow the fragrance of your garden ahead of you. So wherever you stand favor now begins to work for you. In the name of Jesus. You see, there is a favor of God that waves around you that makes everyone to respond to you and want to seek your comfort wherever you are. It is the favor of God. There are things you don't fight for. There are things you don't ask. In fact, you don't pray about. Just be who God says you are. And then you begin to enjoy those things. Permit me to say that certain prayers you pray that God doesn't listen to. Why? Because he has no room for that prayer. It's just like saying that, Lord, make me your own. What is the meaning of that one? Hmm? Has he ever rejected you? Make him your own. You first make God your own. Sometimes we pray some Prayers that are drunk. You know, the prayer itself is drunk. Have you ever prayed that God make me eat my food? Have you prayed before? What do you do when you have food? Huh? You just give thanks to him and then you do what? Who does the eating for you? When it's time for you to separate yourself from him, you are asking God, Lord, make me surrender to you. You are a robber. You want to rob God. That is why you are praying that prayer. Some of my statements are too blunt. You don't like them. You don't like them. But you see, if nobody tells you, you will still behave the way you are behaving. And I'm the one who will tell you. Eh? There are some things I wouldn't want uh, the reverend minister here to talk about it. You know, it's me that will talk. Like Mama said, what's why then? Where you John Funus And he doesn't feel anything. No matter what you do to him, you feel up. And I like that statement. I'm ready to bear all the blunt. I'm telling you what you must know. What will pain you. There are things that should pain you to your marrow so that you can change and change forever. Why? You are a good person. So don't allow things to kill your good nature. So when I see them, I talk. And I will keep on talking. Praise God. Josiah said it is our profession. And I agree with him in total. You understand what in total is? Aha. Uh -huh. I agree with him. It came to him by revelation. It came to me by knowledge. 
we have to keep on talking until what must be seen is seen. Don't push your responsibility to God. Do yours and leave him to do it. So you take your place and be who God says you are and allow God to do his own bid. So I will share briefly with you on that score and, um, and sit down because this morning we are going to go into another dimension of prayers. I want you to be very much involved in that prayer. Praise God. Yes. First John chapter 3 and verse 1. Where is Achedia? On the other side. Okay. Glory to God. Are we there? Can we read that together? What's going on with you? What's happening to you now? Why are you swallowing the words? Let's start. Can you take the verse 2? Amen. That verse 2 was a scripture I quoted even though I don't think I was born again when I was writing a thesis some years ago. 78? How many years now? I quoted that scripture. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Yet it does not hear. I quoted that scripture just because I loved it. That potentially you are this. In practice, you have not yet manifested. Therefore, it gives you room to work harder until the manifestation becomes equal with the potential. So it was on, on, that, on that score I quoted that scripture. But when I got born again, I began to see that God was indeed talking to me even at that time. Now, listen. They look with wonder at the depth of the Father's miraculous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. Who called who? Who called us? Did we invite him to call us? Did we pay any money for him to call us? Did we give bribe to him to call us? But he called us. Not for fun. He called us and he said, you are my children. And he said, you belong to my family. He said, now your identity is connected to my identity. 
He says so much about us. He has called us and he has made us his very own beloved children. The reason that the world does not recognize who we are is that they did not recognize him. So when you are your elements as a believer, a spirit-filled believer, the things you do cannot be understood by the people of the world, including your own family members. And they may want to react. Their problem is this. They did not understand him, Jesus. That's why they won't understand you. So you don't allow their lack of understanding to make you shift position. Are you hearing me? Including your spouse, if your spouse is not led by the spirit, don't let his attitude make you shift your stand in Christ. I say this one without apology to anybody. Why? The disciples said, we will please God instead of who? Men. We have to please him. We have to. We have to. God chose you as his own child. It was an act of mercy. An act of grace. That you were somewhere and then he called you to himself. Come and be part of my family. Now you see, if you understand this scripture and the quantum of love that made God or God invested in bringing you to himself, you will be humbled and yet be very joyful that the thought that you will leave the, his presence will bring sorrow to you. Because this is a position that cannot be bought by anybody. And nobody can bribe you out of that position. It's unique and extraordinary that you, a mortal being, with all your imperfections, God looked at you and called you. Come. But I never hear me back. No, it was the love that he had that he extended to us and made us his own. That is why I treasure my, my salvation and I, I guard it with all the spiritual strength that I have. I won't let anybody's issue now take me out and make me look odd before my father. No. You may not like me. If God likes me, it is enough. Hello? Don't seek people's favor or liking that they should like you. You don't understand what men are and who they are. But Jesus did. The Bible says he did not give himself to any because he knew men. In fact, he knew them before they came to be. He kept himself. I'm not planting a seed of hatred in you against men. When I say men, not the men you are seeing. 
I'm talking about human beings. So you don't go back home and begin to hate your, your husband or your brother. He knew them. That if I want to lean upon these people, they will disappoint me and make me, they will ruin my ministry. They will just ruin it. He never gave himself to any, yet he loved everyone. Even the Pharisees, he loved them so much. In fact, for him to rebuke them was a sign of love. If I see you, of course, and I don't talk, it means I don't like you. You pass behind my window and I don't ask who is there. Are you a thief? If I ask that question, should you be angry? Are you a thief? What are you doing behind my window? Why won't you come to the door and knock that you want to come in? Why must you peep into my house through the window? Is your mind correct? Now when I see you now, I've got to let you know the kind of person that you are. I'm not against you. If you come to the main door and you lock, you will be welcome home. But to stand by the window and then you are peeping to see what is there. Are you a thief? So we go before him boldly. Why? We are conscious of the fact that we are his children. He called us. He said, what manner of love has the father bestowed on us? The word bestow should make you understand that not something that you really qualified for. But of his own will, he just imposed that love on you. He made you a beneficiary of his love. That alone should be enough for us to be very careful as we walk this Christian walk. Do you know that when you do something and men are clapping for you and you are not careful, if you are not careful to quickly give the praise to the one who can carry praise, it's difficult for us to carry praise, to manage it. Very difficult. But he is able to manage praise in spite of the magnitude. Oh yeah, yeah, wah wah, okay, Krebia. Now we try it down. We try it down. No, I'm a coma, so I kakraka. The next thing you will do, only God can tell. That is what has killed many people in the music ministry. Okay, let me say the show, show, show beast. I told pastor some years ago, and I think I said in the church when we were at the hotel. That God told me that he has not called for performers. But he's called for worshippers. He told me that one. I have the date. It was somewhere in 2010. I have the date. He has not called for performers. So don't go and perform. When you are asked to sing. You are going there to worship him. And to lead the people to worship him. You are going to show adoration. If you perform, they will clap for you. And then you say, I did well. What will you say? I did well. And the next moment you are in trouble. 
What is causing the trouble? I've seen the metamorphosis of a lady who appeared to be a singer, who appeared to be frugal. To be simple <laughs> and she made it to be so with her dressing and everything. But fame has suddenly transformed her into another person in her dressing. I don't know about her spiritual state. I only am talking about what my eyes see. I've not met her to be able to evaluate a few things. I've not listened to her. I only saw the photograph. It was strange. I was seeing a different person from the one I had known before. Because he had entered fame. You will see pastors with great anointing. God is witnessing to whatever they are doing. And then suddenly, they become so rich, wealthy, in the eyes of men, that they despise other human beings because they are not as wealthy as he thinks. What is anointing? It is the coming upon of God. The coming what? Upon. God comes upon a person. That is what is called anointing. He smears the person's body and heart with his oil. For extraordinary things because he brings his own strength upon the person. And if you understand that one very well, Anytime something extraordinary happens in your ministry, you eat. I mean, that is the time even to go on retreat. You go and thank God. And make sure you don't shift position. That is one of the things our bishop taught us in those days. You finish preaching and they clap for you. He said, quickly tune unto him and give him the glory. Say, Father, you are the only one who deserves this one. Why? Because this thing you carry, your, the coat you are wearing. You know the coat? What is it? What is it? The body, the flesh that you are carrying craves for satisfaction. And one of the satisfaction dimensions is the adoration of men, the praise. Of man. He loves that one. And when he becomes strong in your composition, he drags you off the presence of God. Now are we the sons of God, not by choice, but by the favor, the mercy, the grace of God. Shall we be able to stand in that same capacity and operate till Christ comes or till when we are called home? Can we stay on course like that? You are not living alone because there are militating forces around you that want to draw you back at all times. But be conscious of one thing. You don't merit the position where you are now. But he bestowed it upon you. He sent Jesus to come and die for us. 
and make us what we are today. So be careful. Be careful you did not make yourself. So take the right steps for him to meet you on the way. Take it. I'm not saying wear rags. No. Decency is a dimension of divine nature. Beauty emanates from heaven. It's not from the earth here. So for you to dress well is not an attitude of pride. But for you to allow the dress to now begin to show you how you should behave is the matter I'm talking about. One lady who was fighting me several years ago in church will come for service late and she will wear this, your pencil heel or whatever they call it. Come late. And there were no rocks like the what we have here. It was bare cement. But what is that? So she will start from the back there and you will hear cow, 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 cow. And she was always very serious looking. <laughs> I'm a man of humor. When a person is displaying madness, I laugh. So she will walk like that and then sit down and cross her legs and pull newspaper from her bag and spread newspaper on her laps and be reading newspaper when I'll be preaching. And I'll look at her and I'll laugh. You've seen the eye of the crab before, crab. Then when a child sees that one, then I stick. He kept on and kept on and kept on and kept on until one day, one day, I got angry and woke up in the night. Don't let me wake up in the night on your account. If I wake up in the night on your account to pray for you, pray for you because there's something that happened about your life that I want God to help you, there's no problem. But if I wake up in the night to pray for you on account of your fight against the kingdom, you are in trouble. So I told God, I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare today that this person is no longer part of the flocks, and the flock that you called me to oversee. Whether you want to say amen or not is not important to me here yeah, because that's what I did. It took leadership to send a senior minister to the place to come and sort out issues. Because when they asked me about her, I said she's not my member. Not a member of this church. What did she do? She despised God and despised the servant of God. She allowed the devil to take her up. She, she had been a Christian for many years. She allowed, allowed Satan to make her shift. So don't vacate your place. Somebody else will fill the space because nature abhors what? 
vacuum. Gratitude to God should become your major issue because out of mercy, like I always say, that God had to chase me to get me born again. Virtually chasing me everywhere I went. For me to get born again. What is the meaning of born again? Like I said, I should come and is it by force? My mouth was not cultured. As far as God was concerned. Still. He pursued me. The more I fled. The greater dimensions of love. That he showed towards me. Until he caught up with me. And the day that I got born again. I wept like a baby. A whole adult. Weeping in the presence of people. Plenty of them. That's how God can discipline a person. Humiliate that person and tell you are nothing. You are what? Nothing. If he has gone this far to make me his own, why should I despise him? So take your place as a son. Take your place as a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Take your place as one that is worshipping this God because you so revere him. You so do what? You revere him. Take your place. If you are a son, then you will give him his due. His what? His due. If I'm your father, where is my respect, my honor? So take your place and honor God. With everything that you have. Honor him with your life first. Honor him with all properties that you have. Honor him with your time. Honor him with everything. Go outside this God, you don't matter. The day I saw my, the body of my, my late sister in, in state. I think that was the day I wept most. Why? Because there were some people who were against her while she was alive who now came around her corpse and were crying. I wept. I wept because I was no longer in a position to slap them. I couldn't do that one because he took that thing away from me the day he, he, he got me saved. Otherwise, all those people would have known how it was to be, what do you call such people? You hate somebody, hate somebody, now the person is dead, and you are crying. Hypocrites. Crying. Standing by the body and crying. They were crying more than those of us who had the woman as our, our sister and our mother and what they were to us. They were crying much more. When I looked, I just, I began to cry. I sat there, I was crying. <laughs> Praise God. I was crying. The kind of cry that nobody can stop you from doing. I'd lost a woman who was one of my backbone in spiritual life. You talk about your mother yesterday. Was it yesterday? 
It was yesterday. My sister was that kind to me. She was a person who believed in my new birth and my ministry so much. So, so much. Besides the fact that we were Padis, right from our infancy to the time that she passed on when she was, uh, I think, 58 years old, yeah? 58. I wept. I couldn't control myself. But anger came in when I saw those people. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't. If they had met me before that time, they would have known the difference between police station and the hospital <laughs> and maybe fire service uh, uh, service. But thanks be to God who had mercy on us. Mercy. Think about this mercy. Think about this show of love that God did towards you. Love. We didn't merit it. I did. So we owe him, if not for anything, gratitude unlimited. Gratitude what? Unlimited. You don't need anybody to encourage himself, God. That you are born again is enough encouragement already. It's a debt you've got to pay even though he's not asking for your money. But show it, reciprocate this love. Amen. Do you know that God is not looking for anything from you except yourself? You are the only person God wants to see. It's not your money. Now, the moment he gets you, everything you have also belongs to him. The reason why you run away from him when it's time for responsibility is because you don't belong to him. You have not submitted yourself to him. You have left your place as a son or a daughter of Christ. You have left it. I've gotten to a point where I, I don't see the reason why somebody must be encouraged to come to church. When I got born again, nobody followed me up. I was the one following them for them to teach me. I don't understand you. That you will stay in the house. They say, come to church. So nobody visited me. Are you not a tourist artifact? That people should come and be seeing you? Huh? If they were sharing money, or if it was your gratuity that they want to pay, wouldn't you, even if you couldn't walk, wouldn't you crawl? So somebody may have mercy on you and give you a lift and take you there for you to collect your money. See how we treat God. Take your place as a son, as a daughter, as one who has been favored to inherit God alongside Jesus. That whatever the Father has is yours by reason of position that he has put you. And honor him 
with your life and with everything. Oh, somebody insulted you in church. Because of that, you won't go to church. Somebody insulted you. Who is that person? Is it God who insulted you? Why must you now, because of somebody's insult or disappointment, turn your back to God? Can you survive this life without him? Please, can you? We are the reason why he doesn't sleep nor slumber. Because if he does, by the time he will do one co, co, somebody will be missing. Oh yeah, because that fellow is always around looking for the person he will whisk and take away. So he won't sleep and he won't slumber. It is not in his nature. He's not like some of us who have made sleeping our profession. <laughs> Praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, you see. I'm touching some of the sensitive areas of some people. You see, your, my request to you is that you must always forgive me before you come to meet me. What price have you been given for this unceasing sleep? It is time to pray unto the Lord They say it's time for prayer. Oh, prayer. Okay, tell the Lord we'll make it tomorrow. We'll, we'll make it tomorrow. And your tomorrow has never arrived. Let me tell you something. Your Christian life without prayer is void and non-effective. Your fasting without prayer it's nothing but a show of triumph over hunger. You are displaying might that can stay without eating. Don't tell anybody you are honoring God with your fasting without prayer. No prayer, no word, no meditation, nothing. From morning to evening, you keep on sinning from morning to evening because with any scent of food, that makes me stay to pass your nose like this. If not because I was fasting. If not because of the fast. In fact, this fast, they should better cut it short. 21 days. What thing entered the, the mind of those people self to say 21 days? Within two days have been enough? Even if it's one day, you will not so learn to do what? To pray. Learn to think on God's word. Learn to think on his faithfulness. It will make you humble. Take your place as a true child of God. Take your place as messengers of the good news. And then God also would get up to meet you at your point of need. Without you asking. He said your heavenly father knows that you have need for this. That's what the Bible says. I've come to a point where I should take the Bible just as it is. Without trying to twist the thing and use grammar to confuse God. 
Some of you think that God doesn't understand English. So you go with your dictionary in your hand. Father, I put it to you this moment. You are running foul on your responsibilities. Just to remind you and put you on course. That I have not eaten today. Fill me with food. Lord, fill me with food in the name of Jesus. Fill me with food. Hunger will kill you. Because he doesn't do that one. He doesn't have the capacity to fill anybody with food. He doesn't have it. Look at the country of God's love. Which way he loved us that he sent Christ to come and die for us. And here's something from John 14, verse 23. I think I'll be dilating on that scripture and I sit down. There are certain things, certain conditions, certain atmosphere that must be in place for certain confessions to be effective. One confession that has, that one scripture that has suffered so much in the hands of believers is 419. Do you know that one? <laughs> what, is, what scripture is that? Philippians 4 what? 19. That scripture has suffered even in the hands of armed robbers. For my God, they say that one with no fear. You are going to kill. You say, for my God. Sir, supply. Oh, man, it's your father as we go. Bless our work. You are going to steal. Your word says you supply our needs. We need somebody's television. That's why we are going out. Let's read that one. If a man loves me, he will do what? He will keep my words, yes. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So what should the man do to love him? If a man loves me, you are not a library. You are not. <laughs> Listen. That you will not begin to keep the word of God as if you are storing it. So you go to buy volumes upon volumes of Bibles. And they ask you, say, I'm keeping the word. So everywhere, you spread Bible, you are keeping it. Some of them you will never open until you die. That's not what he's talking about here. That you treasure the word. You do what? You treasure his word. And you keep his word in your heart. And when you keep God's word in your heart, the spirit of God begins to work on that word to be practiced by you. So it's not just keeping the word. It is not committing scriptures into your, into your what? Your brain, is it? And doesn't enter your heart. Many of us can quote all manner of scriptures. But you don't see those scriptures in their lives. 
if any man should keep if any man loves me he will keep he will keep it's mandatory he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come himself and the father will come and do what they will come unto him and make their abode with him. You know, when um, before Adam sinned and lost the glory before God, Adam never prayed. I say this one, if anybody has contrary view, just keep your view. Amen. But I didn't see anywhere that Adam prayed. No. God didn't say so. And I said that he didn't pray. You know, a man of God made that statement and I subscribed to it. He said because the person he was going to pray to was coming to him in the evening. Will he waste his time praying? There was no need. The man was coming. And any time he appeared, he came with everything he has. That's one thing about God that I love so much. When he appears, he comes with everything. He said, if any man loves me, he will keep my commandments, my word. To work with the word that I give to him. To work out the word that I have given to him. He said, when he does that one, then, then he said, show that he loves me. And because he loves me, my father also will love that person. And the two of us shall come upon him and abode in him. How many of you know that Christ is in you? Hey, watch that hand you are lifting. How many of you know that Christ is in you? You know it? Okay. If Christ is in you, what actually is in you? Tell me, this time I've asked questions. Yeah, so what is it? Yes. What? If Christ is you, what is, what is there? It's in you and upon you. I see. One more, one more person. Eh? The what? The what? Fool. Do we have the halfness of God? Don't, 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 just answer. Tell me what is on your heart. The fullness of God. He said, You are complete what? In Him. So, totality of God is on your inside. And everything God carries is on your inside. There are many things we are praying for that should rather be stirred up on our inside to show they are already there. They are not somewhere that you are praying for someone to now a career service to bring it to you. They are inside you because God is there. If Jesus is in you, whatever you need is inside you. 
You are complete in him because everything about your life is settled. So do the right thing and let God honor you. So when you take a step to sow a seed, God gives you what he has said as a blessing for seed sowing. When you go for soul winning, you go and win a soul. The blessing is spoken already. It comes upon you. When you stand to intercede for other people and for the kingdom of God, for the ministry that where you belong, then God has a reward that he has already pronounced. Everything, every step you take, there is what God has said. So you take your place. If I'm a son, then I must honor my father. And the honor you can give to God is not intangible things. It is in you giving him yourself first. You give him yourself. How many of you belong to God? I don't like what you are doing. How many of you belong to God? Hmm. If I make you stand, it will not be good. How many of you belong to God? There was a song we used to sing in those days. I belong to God. I did do shakara for Satan. <laughs> you belong to God. You are his property. So what is your problem? Take the right step. And let God honor you. He is more eager to bless you than you being eager and anxious to ask for it. You are complete in him. That is to say, you don't lack anything. You saw what we read, the TPT translation of um, the Sons of Solomon chapter 4 and verse 16. Now he says, don't hold anything back. And God doesn't hold anything back from his people. He said, no good thing will the Lord withhold for they that walk uprightly. Everything. If I were you, I will just remain a son or a daughter. Eager, watching him for the next thing to do. What he wants me to do, that is what I'm going to do. It may not be okay with me, but I must do it because he deserves that. If I don't do it, won't somebody else do it? No. Somebody will do, but you didn't do. So somebody will get the blessing but you will not get. No one can take your place for you. You take your place as a son. We are asking for outpouring. In what capacity? That you come to church at will. That you do your service in the kingdom at will. That you pray at will. Oh, at your convenience. You pay your tithe at your convenience. Because we are about to pay school fees. God himself understands. There are things God doesn't understand. When you begin to rob him, he doesn't understand that one. Tell your friend by your side, take your place. 
and he will respond to you. Brethren, when God comes upon you and comes to dwell in you, he releases his abilities into you and upon you. He releases what? His abilities. Then you will be able to say, I can do all things through Christ who, who strengthens me. If you take your place and do the things that you are expected to do, then you will be able to appropriate Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. Because you have done what you are supposed to do. And so you can say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. In glory in Christ Jesus. Then your confession will have a foundation. And when it's a foundation in God, it must bear fruits. Some years ago, a pastor I served under blessed me. I've told you the story before. My pastor was not of my build, my stature, in terms of uh, body. He was of medium height. In fact, it was not medium. He was short. Age-wise, I was older than him. Academics had gone higher than him. But he was my pastor. Some of you who deceive yourself with certain things that you think you have, so you misbehave. This man will get to the house where I lived and then will call me out. For Sue, let's go. I'll just come back from work. You won't even ask me if I had eaten. Let us go and then you hand over his bag to me and I'll be following him. And I told you that there are so many places we went to that they will give me seat first. So that should let you understand what was going on. Give me seat first and then I will say, no, this is my pastor. Give him this. Oh, we are sorry, we are sorry, we are sorry. And then he will laugh. He said, you are using your size to confuse me. But you see, when we're parting ways, there were, among other things, he says something. He said, you will never lack people to hold your bag. I've never forgotten that one. And from that day till now, I've never lacked people who help me bear burdens. Bear what? Burdens. I've never, anywhere I go, I took a step. I took my place as a servant and God honored me with that one. You can be angry, but there's nothing you can do about it. So take your place as a steward in the kingdom of God and then God will honor you with a reward that should go to a steward. Don't become too big to the extent that you cannot serve in God's house. 
I don't know how big you are. I don't know it. I left college residence to rent room and parlor. Uh, you know what room and parlor is? A uh, shared toilet, with all respect, in a compound house with everybody there. So usually I have to wake up very early. Of course, I am an early riser. I'm not. That one started many, many years ago. Many years ago in the elementary school. Four o'clock I'll be up to do my chores and then get ready to go to school. So I'll do a little reading and then go fetch water if I had to and then do the work that I need to get to do and then go to, go, go to school. I will be whipping the compound. I will go early and go and sweep. Yeah, when we are talking about self, say you are a graduate. Which, which, which do it did you, which do it, which grad? Which, what is it that you graduated with? Don't tell anybody you have graduated. You're on holidays. How can you say you finished JHS? You say SHS, I have finished. Even those who wanted to go and there was no money and they are grown now, I'm able by the grace of God to persuade them to go back to school. And they do. And there is you. They gave you one, 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 some letters. They say, be a horns. So you are developed horns now. A BSc. Bachelor of Science. And they confuse you more when they say MSc. And you say you are master over situations and circumstances. So nobody can talk about you. And when they give you doctorate degree, you flow in the wind. Your hand can never lift anything. In church, are you not a steward? The man that you are serving is degree you cannot get there. He's the one that called you to rob his fame and glory upon you. To so be a servant throughout your life. Then you will keep on progressing throughout your life. Take your place. Sum eradine yene juma abribia. I think that is enough. That is your place. Your place is that of a servant. Because the one that saved you took upon himself that position of a servant. So stop being proud. I have seen highly placed people in society. If in a military regime, a general comes to church to sweep in the morning with all the whatever that they carry. And his orderly is up around him but will not allow the orderly to do the work. Why? He has to serve God. This is not story they told me. This was in our church in Kaduna and several other places in Nigeria. They would drive to the church early in the morning fully dressed to work. And they come and sweep and tidy up the place and they will go back to their place of work. 
What is your own level now? What's your level? Come and wash the, what do you call it? Tent. You are too big for that one. We should spend money and go and hire people to come and do it. Too big. Then you are a graduate. I was washing my uncle's car. One time when we went on demonstration, the school was closed. The legal was closed down. I was washing. His colleague in the foreign service saw me always washing the car. So after some months, he was not seeing me again. Then one day I went for weekend. When he saw me, ah, scratch it. Then he called his wife. Now he went to my uncle and said, Ah, He is dead there. He is at Legon. I left there in 1970. In 1970, I was in secondary school. So who should go and wash? Is it me that will be washing? So you, between you and God, who should serve? And God is serving you and you are receiving it. You are receiving the curse into your body. For you won't serve. Anything service, you have an excuse. Dear friends, <laughs> let us take our place. The steward's position is a very honorable one. Very what? Honorable one. Honorable. To me, it is much more honorable than standing here to preach. When I became a pastor, it took me a long time to stop ushering. The thing was inside my body. Up to now, ushering is there. So if I'm usher in a church, I pastor, then you have a challenge. Because my eyes, thank God we are sitting like this and looking at this, you know, me facing the altar. If I were to sit somewhere here and, 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 but now some of you would have left church. And nobody will come and look for you. Because you are lazy. It is time to sing. Pastor will have to signal you. It is time to go. You have the program. Don't you have program? Why don't you have program? When it is time, don't you know it? Let service consume you. That is your place. That is your master's place. That's where he stood to get you out. Take that place and see if God will not bless you. Rest your feet, please. The Lord bless you. And take you on a walk in the midst of abundance. In the midst of of prosperity in the midst of sound health. May the Lord lead you to where your treasures are waiting for you. Take your place today and see what God will do for you much more than what we are talking about here. You are precious to him. 